Joe, what kind of tree do you hold in your hand? I don't know. A palm tree. Ooh. Joe, what do you call an old snowman? Hmm. What? Water. <laughs> oh, Hello, everybody. That's... Welcome to Carnival Personnel. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm shocked. That was a cute summertime joke to kick off the dog days of summer. We're not in the kicking off of dog days of summer. Dog days are the middle of the fucking season, dickhead. We're kicking off summer with a heat wave. One of, I'm sure, 60 of this season. <laughs> uh, I'm just happy that our pool is finally being used. Uh, of course, not by... My kids, who literally uh, you have to bribe or just pick up, carry outside, and throw in their pool. But all their friends, like moms and dads, like we're just like, okay, hey, you know, we're still doing the safe distance stuff for the most part. And very often we're like, yeah, go ahead, have it. You know, in fact, friends of ours are using it right now for their daughter's birthday. And there's like, you know, three, well, three moms back there and like six kids, none of them ours. And, and, and we let our kids go out and splash around. I think it's okay being outside, you know, and, you know, as, as much as you can be okay with this stuff. But it's like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing their antisocial distancing by being inside playing games right now. Because, you know, the oldest one did do his aquatic therapy this morning. So be damned if he'll go back in a second time. Well, now you've made going in the pool work. It's not fun anymore. He equates pool with work. Um, you know what is fun? The the trickster over at the United States Air Force Museum, uh, who this week uh, replaced the head of Space Force picture with a picture of Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Who's going to the... Air Force Museum nowadays. Is there, a, I didn't, I, I guess they're an essential business now and they can be opened in, uh, right? Is that happening? I, you know, may, 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 Joe, maybe it was an inside job. Maybe. maybe it was an inside job. The funny thing is, I was given the heads up by that by All Star Tommy, who watched Space Force based on my recommendation and really thought it was okay but i think really appreciated the fact that somebody did this i hope steve carell appreciates it i think it's hilarious great making um making light you know what they should call it space farce oh see that that's hold on let me write that down can we can we fire that off to the copyright office um joe how was your father's day yesterday it was non-eventful how was yours uh, it was like they mostly are. I ask one thing and one thing only on Father's Day, and that's to get to pretend I am not a father and to keep my family away from me. But uh, but no, no. It was a fun-filled day of family time, being told I don't want to go in the pool. <laughs> More like furthers away. <laughs> you know, hey, why did my biological father always get what he wanted on father's day well i think he got it i don't know we didn't see him uh episode four also, daddy issues <laughs> uh you know big birthday weeks around here is management's birthday this week uh mm-hmm. and it's also my sister's birthday this week so happy birthday to my sister who doesn't listen and happy birthday to uh, management my wife my wife who doesn't listen but we have a big schedule of non-parties to have this week yeah i know right uh, your your virtual calendar must be filling up <laughs> you know we will we'll probably do the you know the drive-by birthday hellos to my sister at her house and maybe we'll do a drive-by hello birthday for my wife <laughs> you know i used remember when drive-bys meant something like in the 90s yeah completely different it completely has taken on a different meaning um you know what else has taken on different meaning? Breakfast syrup products, Joe. Mm, yeah, log cabin. You can't have that anymore. That's uh, what? Am I wrong here? Yo, no, no. You know, and, and, and if loving you is wrong, Joe, I don't want to be right. Uh, yes, I, I you know, and it's one of those things. 
finally, you know, and who is the parent company? Who owns Aunt Jemima? What is the company that finally said, yeah, probably a white man. Now, now be a really good time. I mean, they've made fun of like that and Miss Buttersworth for, for like years on, um, on, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think if it was Robot Chicken. Mm. I think it had a skit maybe 15 years ago about, how is this still cool? And, and they did at one point, they changed the bottle. You know, remember the bottle used to be, um, you know, a big bottomed, you know, you know, black woman. Uh, and, and they hey, they make the rocking the, world go around. I don't care they, what you hey, say. You know, no, that's flat bottom girls. That's flat bottom girls, Joe. Big bottom is uh, you my girls got them. Tap, yeah. <laughs> Talk about mud flaps. My girls got big. Oh, shut up, shock. Um. So yeah. So so you know. So it is. It's one of those things where, oh, it only took protest in the street around the world, but nonstop in our nation, cities burning to the ground. To get some uh, movement on things like that. Whatever it takes, you know. So I, th- I guess we have to say thank you, cops. <laughs> I have. So it's been a soul-searching couple days. Um, management, you know, got on, on uh, a Facebook group. And, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, uh, an allies group. It's like, you know, basically a bunch of, you know, white women trying to put a group together saying, how can we do more? Which is great. And the biggest thing that people like you, Joe, and like me and everybody in between uh, is listen. And what's really interesting, we had this really great conversation. She got into a thread and a conversation and there was, you know, a black woman who's like, hey, I'm all for the defund the police and reform, but everybody's out there saying, well, we'll just send social workers. If there's a domestic dispute, send social workers. If there's a child, you know, endangerment thing, like, you know, send social workers first. And then if it's a cop, if it's a not life threatening thing. And what was point, and it was funny because management, she, uh, she relearned what she had forgotten because in her youth, in her late teens and early 20s, she worked at like one of these halfway crisis prevention home, you know, type thing. And most of the kids were black. And she had forgotten that, oh, right, most of the social workers look like her and and end up coming into the, you know, situation with a let's say a suburban white person values or something like that or ideology and many, many, not all, we can never say the word all, but I'll always say never all. Um, lots of times they work so hand in hand with the police that they're seen no different than cops, you know? And that was like the big thing that, you know, and then I started reading a couple articles about it and, and, and found a podcast that was talking about the same thing, that it's like, okay, the defund the police, spend the money on social services and other things, and instead of cops with guns showing up. But there's there just needs to be across-the-board reform. And it's funny because then my wife even pointed it out. One of our sons went to a charter school this year that prides itself on its diversity. And only – I think it's only 3 or 4% of the student body. It's K through 8th grade. Um identify as Caucasian. It's all, you know, and it's great. It, they always have these different cultural activities and, and, and theme weeks and food festivals and all this stuff. But it's true. The upper echelon, the director of the school, the principal of the school, the, you know, the top like three, four administrative positions are all white. The middle management of the school, the vice principal and a lot of the middle management and the administration is all you know, a rainbow of colors, but about 95% of the teachers are late twenties, early thirties, couldn't be whiter, you know, whiter than me. And that's, and that's saying a lot, you know, and, and the counselors are white and the in-school therapist is white and, you know, um, and it, and it is, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, you go, you know, top to bottom and stuff like that. And there just needs to be more reform and it comes down to listening and, you know, kind of on the same topic with changing, you know, the SERP. Now there's a more, a louder push. It comes up every few years, but right now 
there's a lot of focus on changing sports teams' names. And I listened to a very interesting discussion about this with, you know, a Native American writer who wrote pretty much a definitive book on it. And what was interesting is, yeah, the NFL team in Washington, there, there's no middle ground <laughs> like this. There's that. That's not like that's not like open for debate if that's an inappropriate name, you know, for a team. But, you know, what the writer was quick to point out is you got to go case by case because there are, are you are you how are you doing? Are you naming this team to honor? Somebody or are you naming the team, you know, just because you couldn't come up with a better name? Like if you're calling a team like the Golden State Warriors, there's a difference between having a team called the Warriors and a team called the Savages. You know what I mean? And it's also how it's meant. You know, the guy didn't just write the book on sports. He's like, and I didn't know this. It's like, you know, somebody, somebody, you know, was talking to him. It's like, okay, um, it wasn't the NCAA, but the SCC the the college body that oversees like the uh, the like the southeastern conference i think it is sec will not play any championship games in the state of mississippi until they change their state flag and their state flag in the corner of the state flag has the confederate flag or as i like to call it you know the treason flag judges will also accept the surrender flag, you know, which I'm sidebarring. Um, one of my favorite memes is that went around this week is, hey, NASCAR, you know, fans upset who can't bring their Confederate flags to races. You still get to see the final version of the Connecticut flag on race day. And it was like the guy waving the white flag at the, at the track. Uh-huh. Anyways, so back to this. So it was an interesting discussion because they're like, well, what about the Massachusetts flag? Massachusetts has a Native American on their flag. And the guy's like, right. Because Massachusetts and Connecticut are, are, are Native American words, and it was named to honor the people who lived here, not you know to appropriate culture. And you're displaying this person on your flag as a way of saying thanks, as a way to honor you know this, not to like make a mockery out of it. Like, look, the tomahawk chalk. You know, for the Atlanta Braves, how, how that hasn't gone away a long time ago. But like the Florida Seminoles, they have a deal with the Seminole tribe to use their name, you know, and, and and yeah, you can make an argument. It's like, oh, they're paying them off. It's use your 24 colored beads for the island of Manhattan, you know, but but there it it isn't clear cut across the board. There are some that definitely are, you know, and it's like, you know. Cleveland's baseball team, they got away with the mascot, you know, and again, and here's a guy saying, look, saying Indian isn't as bad as some people make it out to be. It's all in context and how you say it and why you say it. It's like, right, you go back and, we, you know, the, the term Indian should have never been coined because, you know, dumbasses got here and thought they found their way to India. That's why they're named, you know, and, and as much as we don't, you know, talk favorably about Louis C.K. anymore, his great bit about like how asshole white people are that even years later when they realized, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not Indians, man. We're, we're, we're completely different people. Yeah, we're going to call you that anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, so, you know, my whole point about the Aunt Jemima thing, it's like there were some clear cut things. It's like, yeah, this it's time. It's, you know, it's uh, it, it was time maybe 60 years ago, but we didn't get there. We're there now. Uh, but the biggest thing is a guy who hasn't stopped talking or taken a breath in 10 minutes to say how important it is to listen. Irony's not lost on me, Joe. But uh, but that's that that's my take on it. That's my hot take on it. Over. <laughs> right, but what do you think about it? Well, I'm glad you asked, Joe. <laughs> I mean, do you have do you have any thoughts on this? Have you been like staring at the ceiling tiles at night thinking what are we going to do with it's because when i ran for office in 1993 for school committee in the town of andover my platform was uh vegetarian lunch program make third graders recurve ronicate and get rid of the school mascot which was the golden warrior so even back then you know i mean i was a snowflake saying hey I don't think there's any Native American kids in the school. <laughs> you know, I don't think this big, you know, Native American like you know head with the full headdress of feathers is uh, is representative of 
of the town of waspy rich people I live in. I guess it all comes down to context, like you say. I mean, Aunt Jemima was obviously not there to honor uh, black subservient women. They were there as sort of like, hey, aren't these these uh, kinds of people funny? And are they? don't they remind you of like being taken care of? Well, let's put them on a breakfast bottle that you'll stare at and we'll sell to you and, you know... Yeah, there, there's in, their their intent is clearly clearly commercial, and um, you know other things like you said are there to pay homage and maybe preserve the memories of certain cultures that have been eradicated that are no longer around or are severely underrepresented in other, in other cases like the, you know like the flags of the states. So yeah, um, I think we've solved only. Only about half the problem so far, so we should keep going. Well, you know, is when good comes out of tragedy, it doesn't make you happy that the tragedy happened, but you, you know, take take umbrage that hey, some good came out of this. The movement to make DC a state is not so much a pipe dream anymore. It's actually been brought up in both the Senate and the House of Representatives formally on the floor within the past week because of what happened in D.C. with the tear gassing of peaceful protesters. It's taking up steam that that people are like, hey, why why doesn't this place have a governor? Why doesn't this city or this what should be a state have two senators? It's as it's at biggest Rhode Island, like you know, square footage wise, and it's more populous in Idaho or Wyoming or a couple other, you know, states out there. So may, maybe this this is a good again. If good comes out of tragedy, you're not glad the tragedy happened, obviously, but you you take refuge and hey, some something changed, something better happened. We grew from this as a country, as people. Um, whether a lot of people don't want to grow from it, but overall, you know, uh, it is taking up steam and it's something that I've been screaming for the rooftops for, you know, decades about. Yeah, great. I hope it happens. I'm sure that the uh, Republican led Senate will absolutely pass that through so that the, pre- the, the current president of the United States that will probably get reelected because the Democrats shoot themselves in the fucking face and there's lots of propaganda out there to diminish the cause of the Democratic Party will sign it into law and make it so that the highly black population of D- D.C. will get just as much representation as the sparsely populated Wyoming that has a lot of whiteies that vote Republican. I'm sure that'll be fast-tracked. Is there a super fast-tracked that, that could be put on? Do you, is there a rainbow track, a unicorn track that, that this could be put on? Where What kind of fucking fantasy world do you think you live in? I'm glad that it's being proposed. I'm absolutely I'm glad that it's being proposed. I'm just so embittered by the actuality of it actually going anywhere outside of the dreams and hopes of, you know... Chuck Schumer, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and, uh, and the rest. I'm picking up your sarcasm. I'm laying it on pretty damn fucking thick. <laughs> like an Aunt Jemima syrup. And this ray of sunshine was brought to you by Mrs. Buttersworth. Anything else uh, that you want to propose while we're at it? You know, well, we're, we're, you know, we're tackling right. racism on all fronts. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to de-gerrymander already obtusely gerrymander districts in a very corrupt and broken political system and voting apparatus. And now we're going to introduce D.C. as a state. Okay, I'm, I'm for it. I, I don't think, look, and you're a thousand percent right. Of course it doesn't hit the floor and, and, and get passed now. Right. It does, you know, but it's, it ha- it's progress. You're right. It's progress. It's progress. It's progress. And, 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 look, and, and you're also right. From day one, we have always said this, you know, the, you, 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 Gosh, I'm, I just get upset even when I say this, but credit where credit's due. The two things that the terrorist organization, the Republican Party, do very well is bumper sticker campaigning. They are the best with bumper sticker campaigning. Two, three-word slogan, you know, you know, anchor baby, build the wall. Um, Seek Heil. Seek Heil, thank you. They, they get it at the same time. 
they will fucking burn each other's village down to the ground while they're running against each other. But the minute whoever becomes a candidate, it was everybody but Mitt Romney ganging up on Mitt Romney. Uh, John McCain was like, you know, five months before, you know, the, their their convention was like the 11th highest ranking like person. And of course, what we have now, Ted Cruz, you know, in a bitter battle of wars about like his ugly wife and his father killing Kennedy, the second he became the nominee, you know, st- you know, whether he did it begrudgingly, he did the photo op going in and phone banking for him while he was the presumptive nominee for the party at the time. And, and so the Democrats, on the other hand, is, Joe, I only agree with you 97% of the time. So fuck you, you piece of shit, you Spanish piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> you know? um, and, and they do. Nobody, nobody puts together a circular firing squad like the Democrats. So you, you're right. And it's scary. It's also scary. You know, like you said. The jury, the jury mandering and the state of Kentucky this week, they've cut it down from 3,700 polling places to 200. They're using, you know, COVID of, of saying, oh, well, we have to close all these places because they're in schools, they're in nursing homes, like the places that you normally would have things. And Again, going back to the whole other co- places, COVID's not real, but COVID's yeah. real. COVID's not real, but let's get, you know, Paul Manafort out of jail because it's so I, bad. I know. Uh, uh, let me but, know what, but you know what? 3,700 to 200. I think I don't understand how people aren't literally up in arms in Kentucky. They are. Then did you, have you seen how armed they are? The wrong people. <laughs> but getting back to the rundown, you had other things to say about uh, black, um, uh, black things. Oh, right. Uh, uh, there, there's taking there's more and more steam to make um, Juneteenth a, a national holiday. Which great do do we have a June holiday? Like, you know, let's get this puppy started. Well, yeah, we sure, sort of my had, birthday. Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. We sort of had. Remember Flag Day? I vaguely remember. Oh, you weren't paying attention in school. Yeah, that's no. what it was. Yeah, Flag Day was is June fourteenth. I don't know. I think that re- commemorates the the date the first American flag with, you know, the Betsy Ross flag was raised somewhere. I don't fucking know. But it's, you know, it's another one of those re- patriotic reminder holidays. Hey, ain't America great, by the way. You know, just it's sort of like a little a little appetizer before July 4th. You know, it's like right after Memorial Day and, you know... Just kind of gearing things up. Don't forget about America. We got Flag Day. So maybe you're, yeah, replace the Flag Day, or I think as you've suggested, or many other people have suggested, replace uh, Columbus Day. I I was corrected by management when I said that this morning and we were talking about this. And she said more and more states have now renamed it Indigenous People Day. So you don't want to take away indigenous people day I, I think that should take some steam but you know this is the, right but but take that one off the calendar that that you know I, I'm, I'm happy in boston did they take down the columbus statue in the north end or did they try to take it down it was uh, it was jebediah springfielded it was beheaded okay oh <laughs> i mean it, like it's ridiculous that that's still a thing but uh, well again, how well really uh, is it really ridiculous do you not think that maybe italian americans have some sway into the fact that columbus day is actually still a holiday that's observed by many people you it, don't it, think it, it, i know 100 percent. and the funny thing is it's like you know where did the ship sail from you know you know, where, 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 what nation, what nation were the ships registered to? Uh, mm-hmm. Who financed the whole thing? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like I don't know. Is it Neil Armstrong, like of Irish descent? Is is the moon, <laughs> like you know, the the ninth province of Ireland now? Because uh, distant, anyways. No, so so uh, yeah, I thought that first, and then I was reminded it's like oh no we don't want to take away like you know the the movement that is that is springing for with indigenous people day but yeah june 19th like let's you know and again it won't happen in a lot of states today or tomorrow but like with dc building up speed it's like if november goes well 
Eh, it takes it, it, it. You know, maybe we get an executive order of a of a national holiday. You know, maybe you know Vice President, you know Stacey Abrams announces the actual federal holiday of 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 Juneteenth. You know, which comes first in D.C. statehood or the changing of the Redskins' name? <sighs> this is a joke. I don't. I don't really care what your answer is. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like Daniel Snyder, who is considered the worst owner in the NFL anyways. Like, honestly, he is not beloved by the people. Um, yeah, he, he's he's dug in pretty deep because there was a push a couple years ago. Even the NFL kind of weighed in and said, hey, you know, maybe it's time. And he said, hey, fuck, fuck you. You know, but you know what, Joe, this this week, this week was not all bad because – um, John Bolton, who I celebrate his entire catalog, is what is your favorite song? He is a complete f- piece of shit, and and we said it. Everybody said it. We didn't say it on podcast. We weren't the first to say it. Everybody said it. we were probably the 18th billion podcast to say it. That if you have something to say, uh, go and testify. Don't, you know, he go. Oh, oh, if the Republican Senate subpoenas me, I'll come in and tell what I have to tell. I won't go to the House because I know. The Democrats will subpoena me to come in, but I'll go to the House if they subpoena me, knowing that they weren't, knowing that they weren't going to call any witnesses, because he wanted his salacious book to come out. And his book came out, and Bunker Boy threw a fucking hissy fit, and William Barr, the worst person in American history, threw a hissy fit and tried to sue him to keep the book from being released. And lo and behold, as of this afternoon's recording of this podcast, last Saturday, wink, wink, um... The federal judge has upheld the fact that, yeah, you can publish this book. You can put it out. You know, it's cleared security checkpoints and protocols. You know, if you had a problem with it, you should have subpoenaed it, you know, months ago. And you should have tried this stuff months ago. But nope. Plus, the the advanced copies have been out for like, you know, several days and all this stuff. Um, Genie's out of the bottle. You know what I mean? It's like everybody with an advanced copy already got it. You know, William Barr can't like drive around to every house and, and, and pick them back up. But so that was a big loss. Um, two very surprising political, uh, you know, victories for, you know, rights. Now, you know, I don't want to say gay rights or LGBT rights, but rights, period. And, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people heard the announcement this week that, yeah, it's illegal to fire somebody just because they're gay. Didn't know that in 29 out of 50 states, it was completely legal to fire somebody for being gay. So you can, you know... Get married to the person you love on Sunday and show up to work and be fired for that on Monday. Um, so that was a very surprise. And not only was it surprising that it, you know, that that judgment came down and probably the most conservative court and, you know, a century. Uh, but that that decision was a um, was a six three decision, which meant there was two. Um, there was two conservative judges who erred on the side of rights. Great. Were, were you excited about that? Did you? Did you? Did you? I jizzed. Okay, good, good. And then the um, and then the DACA program. You know, now it doesn't mean that they're not going to take another poke at like you know getting rid of the DACA program. I mean, they've had four. Have they had four or five whacks at re- repealing the ACA in front of the Supreme Court? Like they found four loopholes and every time it gets upheld. Um, but the DACA program stands. And that's, uh, gosh, that's like 700,000, you know, who are all about like, you know, 24, 25, you know, 25 years old is about like the 23, 24, 25, the median age of the people on the DACA program now. Um, who've been in in limbo for the last three and a half years. You know, they had a path to citizenship. Um, the DACA program was working. Somebody decided, well, it's not, you know, it doesn't need fixing, but I'm going to break it anyways and put those people, you know, back in the shadows and, and fearful for deportation. And luckily, um, and again, surprisingly, you know, um, a five to four decision to upheld DACA. So it, 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 it's been a bad week for, you know, uh, Bunker Boy, but it's been a good week for the country, maybe, in some ways. Uh, you know, and just before 
you know, and, and you know, we, everybody knows we record this on Saturday. We're recording this as people are, are getting ready to go into the Nazi pep rally in Tulsa. But it was released this morning that four people on the presidential um, advance team who are out in Tulsa earlier this week prepping, you know, actually White House staffers on the advance team all tested positive for Corona. Oh, Saturday morning. You know, they're still having the rally indoor. You know, and as you and I are recording this, you probably saw there was a woman peacefully sitting by herself in line with two tickets to get in who was wearing an I can't breathe shirt, who was manhandled and dragged away by the cops live on CNN. Literally, she was just sitting in line. She had tickets to the event. She wasn't arguing with people. There was nothing going on. But six white cops came over and, and forcefully dragged this woman. You know, she looked like maybe 30s, you know, um, average height and weight woman. Just, But it took six cops to white manhandle woman? her away. Uh, yeah. Hey, yep. Make sure you say that. Okay. Because it, I've noticed this in, in our language and a lot of white people's language. And I'm going to be in here, more liberal snowflakey. When we talk about people in general, or when we say a woman or a man, we automatically assume, oh yeah, white guy. We're talking about a white guy, but we're, you know, we can't say black or Chinese fast enough when we're talking about a black or Chinese person, you know. So let's be, let's throw white in there. Why not? What if it's a black Chinese person? How fast can we get that out? Um, per, hopefully, um, faster than the speeding bullet. <laughs> You know what I mean? But uh, let, 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 let's 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 keep let's you know let's let's build that into our repertoire. For, you know, yes. just say you know, white woman. Dude, black, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm growing. I know. I'm trying. Trying. I'm, I'm, trying. Look. There is no fucking try. Do or do not. You know, and that's the thing. It's like good people like you, good people like me. Hey, are I'm gonna not say, good. I'm a piece of de- shit. De- yes, but decent people like us are going to say the wrong word sometime. But it's it's you know. That that's something we're trying to get better. We're not going to hit a thousand percent, but if we acknowledge it, it's like, oh man, my bad. Now, granted, there's some things that y- you don't get a pass on for for accidentally saying, but but it is what it is. But seriously, it seems like you know Bunker Boy is living up to his words again. He put out a threat to the public on Twitter this week that if there's protesters. That he lumped peaceful protesters, looters, and rioters all in the same thing. That you're not going to be handled as nicely as you were in New York or Seattle. Like, again, I don't know how Twitter doesn't say, wait a minute, you're threatening people. You can't do that. Even though you're a world leader, you can't come on this platform and threaten people. But here it is, you know, the afternoon of the rally. um, I'm almost scared to go back upstairs after we're done recording and see see how bad it gets but you know at as of two o'clock eastern time some woman just sitting there by herself with a i can't breathe t-shirt on was dragged forcefully dragged away by the cops live on cnn so so that you know that's pretty shitty you know um and it's funny you know i i had mentioned like you know ted cruz already but it was enjoyable watching his uh twitter war with hellboy this week (laughs) yeah ron perlman and um, Ted Cruz, I, you know what? Uh, it seems like eons ago. I don't even know what the content was. I, I know that it came down to Ted Cruz challenging Ron Perlman to a wrestling match with another representative. Is like a ta- it was like a two on one wrestling match. Well, Jim Jordan, who is under investigation while athletic director, uh, the wrestling coach of the college, and I forget what college it was. You know. Um, Let's say was very Catholic priesty, um, not you know, like uh. molested a number of students, and so you know Jim Jordan is under investigation for hey, what did you know? When did you know it? Because this wasn't an isolated incident, and so Rob Perlman, you know, I mean, dude, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Like was like, you know, it's problematic, Teddy, for you to mention wrestling and Jim Jordan in the same tweet. And how brave of you to have another man fight your battles. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's like if, if – first of all, it's funny that everybody pointed out he was more – whatever Ron Perlman did that upset Ted Cruz, that he was going to 
you know, threaten physical harm on him, wasn't this, didn't go and fight this hard for his wife and children or his dad when he was insulted by presumptive candidate Trump back in like 2015. But it's just, dude, could you be more of a pussy? Like literally, and, and my wife told me not to use that. Could you be more of just like a jack wagon? It's like, you know, I'm going to have, you know, I, I'm mad at a mutual, you know, I'm mad at all-star Tommy, so I'm going to have Biff go over and kick his ass, which I would pay money to see. So, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna text all-star Tommy now that, hey, look out, Biff is gunning for you, to which Biff will be like, what? <laughs> you know, um, you know I, th- I thought that was uh, a level of patheticness. But also, as of the recording on Saturday, Bill Barr on Friday night said, oh, the uh, sitting attorney general, the federal, you know, the federal um, Southern District of New York. Thank you. Uh, Berman is resigning tonight. And Berman, you know, put out a press release about an hour later. Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah. And I have no desire to. So Barr turned around on Saturday morning saying, yep, the president says he's out. It has nothing to do with indictments. Or with subpoenas that have recently gone out to Rudy Giuliani and the banks at Rudy Giuliani and Trump. You know, I mean, it, it could not be more crystal clear that, oh, okay, the news is tightening. You know, I shouldn't say that. You know, the, what's going on? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff wow. that white people can't can, say. Can, can, can we... Can we edit that out? You know, but literally, it's like things. It, it the circles closing in on them. They they, they are in the trash compactor, and C three PO is not at the switch with R two D two, shutting all the compactors down on subblock seven. Shut them um, all down. Uh so so yeah. I mean, it's it's it is the and they've been saying it. It was supposed to be his Roy Combs. You know, Friday night massacre. Well, now it's a Saturday night massacre. And I don't know how much of a constitutional crisis, whether they can fire him or not, because basically he said, no, he was, I'm not going to say this word, so feel free to help me, judicially apported. Like, like, what, judiciously? Thank you. Is that, the, I don't even know if that's the right word. I think well, I think, uh, but the context is he was appointed by you know a panel of judges. Oh, right. He, he he wasn't you know put in place by uh, Bunker Boy. So so gotcha. that's something that is something to watch. But mm. uh, you There's know, so much to watch nowadays between politics and HBO and <laughs> Netflix. We will get to that. Uh, Joe, we, we're not doing a self indulgent theater, but I am commending you again for your. For your performance last week, the fact that you wanted to do it. Literally, I don't think anything made me happier last week than, than, than your, than your self-indulgent theater. And it was my birthday last week. But yet, the greatest gift I got was the gift of laughter. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for indulging with me. Um, so moving on to sport, as, as the NBA and as the uh, NHL are inching closer to restarting their season. There's been a rash of athletes across the board testing positive for this. You know, I mean, you got, you know, you got uh, what 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 is what is 32 teams times 25 players. You know, the statistical anomaly I, that you're going to have some. I was told there would be no math. You know, but more and more players and. I, I don't remember where the NHL was going to base their operation. It was all going to be in one city. I know that the NBA was going down to Orlando. And I know you can't follow all the news all the time. But uh, have you heard what's going on in Orlando with this uh, this new thing called COVID, Joe? No. Uh, they've they they've had a doubling effect of their highest day cases three days in a row last week, so uh, they have not flattened the curve like the Earth is flat. Obviously, um, they are speeding towards record pace cases and hospitalizations in the state and in the city that the NBA was planning on going, and they're already dude. At what point do they just fucking pull? the shoot and say, we're done. No mas. You know what? We will see you. 
We're having an abbreviated season. We'll come back next year and what would have been All-Star Weekend. And we'll do a 30-game season then. I'm sorry, LeBron, that your team was headed towards a, a championship run. But uh, we can't do this. Dude, there would be so many problems solved if it weren't for greed. That's all. That's all. You know? If money wasn't a factor... If dollar signs weren't flashing in people's eyes, we wouldn't have this issue, you know. But people are out of work. They want to, and and billionaires are losing, you know, some billionaires. Not all billionaires are losing money, but some. And those no, billionaires want to billionaire class, yeah, yeah. They want to get their money, um, and they, you know, they want to, they want to sweep this thing under the rug and make people think that they can just go back to normal and do whatever they want. And you know, we'll 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 see how that works out. And it, I think we are seeing how that's working out not very well. But who well, speaking I? speaking of money, uh, Joe, do you have you heard the name Robert Gordon or or, or Wayne Gretzky or or maybe Ray Bork? How about how about Connor McDa- um, Connor McDavid? I don't know Connor McDavid. Uh, well. He's had an illustrious NHL career that has spanned almost three years. Hmm. Uh, I don't think. I don't think he has a playoff win. I don't. I don't think the Edmonton Oilers have made the playoffs in his illustrious three-year career. Okay. However, his rookie card sold for one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars this week at auction. When did he play? Uh, 2016 to 2019. He's still playing, Joe. Oh, well, I'll be. Well, please explain. I, I can't. He's, he's one of these. He's, he's the, he's every, you know, few years is a wave of great new players and he's this great player. He's a great player in a really shitty team. You know, he's like, he's like, you know, uh, Ray Bork his last five years on the Bruins. You know what I mean? Uh, winning the Norris Trophy on a team that wasn't going to get out of the second round. But with, with you know, McDavid, he is on a team that isn't getting out of the regular season. I mean, honestly, he's one of these guys who, you know, is in the top five in scoring. And he doesn't just score goals. He scores like... Wow, that's a really fucking pretty goal. Like, you know, it's like 95% of the NHL go to bed dreaming about scoring goals like he does at practice on an empty net and going around, you know, pylons. Um, Or as we like to call them, John Taylors. Hello. Anyways, um, but literally I was reading that today and I'm like, Biff, who collects lots of cards, I'm like, I hope he's going through his card collection right now and thinking... Oh fuck! You know I can retire a couple years early if I have one of these things. Really? I don't know what makes it so special, but it was like maybe there was only a hundred or a hundred like, and he signed it. It was like a sign thing, and sometimes signing things take down the value, yeah. don't increase the value. Uh, fun fact: I already mentioned Wayne Gretzky. Allegedly, there's only one signed Wayne Gretzky rookie card, only one in existence, and is owned. By Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. uh, he would he will he will sign. He's great with the public. He'll sign everything. Won't sign rookie cards. Great. And the, and the, and there's just one you know signed rookie card in a vault in his house. Um, but yeah, I'm reading that and like you know there's not much in sports. Let me click on over and see if there's anything we can talk about. And uh, nope, nothing. Oh wait, a guy who's played in the league less than four seasons card is going more than almost any card and. History of hockey, right? Did now. somebody jokingly draw a penis on a stick or something? <laughs> like, you know, is there well, a, uh, an error on that card? Fuck face. Yeah, right. Is there a fuck face situation happening with this card? I mean, honestly, 135. I don't think Tops made that much money in selling hockey cards not. last year. No, <laughs> let alone, there's no way. Let alone this. Who buys hockey that. cards in 2020? Biff. So I mean, I guess I'm sorry, Biff. I'm, you know, hey, who buys Nintendo games in 2020? Uh, this guy. But I okay, so I can kind of get it. But that's a real kind of old man thing. Nobody buys cards anymore, really. Like new cards. But I don't know. It would, there's got to be something on that card. Like, like, is it is it 
edible? Like, does it <laughs> does it disintegrate if you you know put light on it? Something must happen special to that card. But hey, you know what? Nothing. There was nothing in the article. It's uh, oh, was it like an? E- I mean, I presume it was some sort of eBay type of situation, or maybe it's an auction. No, no, it no, no. It w- it was a it was an in person auction. Hmm. You no know, auction house took there. You know, twenty percent. Great. Uh, All right. Uh, maybe it was yeah. for charity or something. It's got to be uh-huh. something. Got to be something. Got to be the shoes. I don't know. You know, but I but I did. I saw that and I'm like, holy crap, what, am I in the upside down now? Yeah. So uh, video games, Joe, have have you uh, played any video games? Any any video games come across your horizon as of late? I haven't played anything uh, all week. I mean, I did get my copy of Resident Evil 3 that I didn't order. So did I. <laughs> yeah. So I did pick that up. It's still. I, I'm. I'm treating that like a Connor McDavid rookie card. I'm not, <laughs> I, I haven't opened it yet. I read the reviews um, on Resident Evil Three lately, and I guess it's kind of a meh game. It's shorter than other games. I think it is only because the couple people I know, friends of the podcast, both on it, are our, our friends Sam and and Chris love the game and within a couple days of coming out they're like have you played the game i beat it and i'm like oh no i've pretended to love my family uh, no i haven't right uh, but i tell you i did see a i watched a full trailer i watched a three-minute release trailer of star wars squadrons have you seen that i heard about it it's a, it's a dog fighting game right it's kind of like uh like Rogue Squadron, yeah, and it looks. I guess it's pretty awesome, right? And it seems it's one of those games where it looks amazing. It just absolutely looks stunning. Uh, you can play it in VR, which um, something I probably never get to do for a couple reasons. A, I'm not going to buy VR, and two, I think I get motion sickness playing VR. I, I really do think I would. Um, I give it a try though. Apparently, like you unlock all these levels and, and you can pick being one of five fighters on a resistance squad or one of five fighters on an empire squad. But to unlock and go to the other levels, you have to fly as all 10 of the pilots. You have to complete missions as all 10 of the pilots. And then you have to, after you qualify for flying and you know, you fly an X-Wing fighter or Y-Wing fighter, then you move up to being a supply ship commander, and then you move up to being, like, like you have to move your way up and be a pilot through the entire fleet, uh, and I, I guess as you end up piloting a Star Destroyer <laughs> at oh one God. point. But yeah, I was watching it, and it's like, oh, okay, well, if if we do do another shutdown and it lasts for four years, maybe this is something I'll dive into. It's one of those things where I was so impressed with it, and, and it at the same time I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go over to somebody's house and watch them or watch some like plays online or or read some reviews. But I don't think I can slice out like you know six months of my life to get okay at it. Maybe that's. Not what you need to do. Maybe you could take it at any. Hopefully, it's built to to accommodate any type of player's approach to video games. Like maybe you can make it a pick up and play kind of game, or maybe if you really want to get into it and devote your entire life to a hundred percenting it, if there's such a thing, then you could do that too. Maybe you know. Maybe you can be both. You know, like I played Grand Theft Auto Five. Through the story mode, I haven't picked it up in about a week or so. I know it's there. It's a it's a still a fun pick up and play game, but I can also I also know that I can do more with it if I wanted it to. But maybe Star Wars Squadron is that type of game. Like if you just want to play through a campaign and be yeah. okay at it and just have fun picking up and like Resident Evil Five, you know, you kind of oh, well, that's a bad example because you can you've obviously mastered that game to the point where you could play it. No, literally but you can back. play mini, you mini games. You can log on and do like a quick ten minute like challenge somebody or just a ten minute mini round. Yeah, maybe there's that. Yeah, and this is cross platform or it's going to be cross platform from my understanding. So like you know anybody who has either an Xbox or a P- PC or a uh, PlayStation Three will be able to play online with each other so that's cool so maybe there is that just that in 
environment alone is enough to pick it up. You know, I mean, it, it's a, uh, there hasn't been apparently a good dog fighting Star Wars game since I think Rogue Squadron Two, which came out years and years and years ago. Um, I think there was some elements of that in Battlefront, but um, not as much as or in depth as the uh, as the Rogue Squadron game. So you know. Something else to you know, something that doesn't involve lightsabers. I think that's a, that's another thing is that it's not Jedi oriented. It's not lightsabery. It's not you know. It's more about the actual warfare and the flying. You know that the, the cool parts of Star Wars. What made Star Wars really friggin' cool to begin with? The, it does. It, it it looks it looks pretty great. Good. Well, I you know I don't know when that's coming out, but um, you know, yeah. Yeah. And you 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 uh. You, what do you have uh, between your? Do you have Hulu? Yes, you, you do uh, have Hulu. Yeah, you, because you have Hulu because I have Hulu. Hulu, uh, HBO Max. Yep. Disney, Amazon, uh, Netflix. Netflix. Quibi. Did you jump into? Did you jump into the Quibi, Joe? I did not. Through all of these, what have you watched this week? Hmm. I'm still chipping away at Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO. Uh, I didn't mention it last week, but a, uh, a couple of weeks ago I watched the Adam Sandler movie Uncut Gems. Oh, please, because I... The problem with watching stuff that I want to watch is literally we got the one TV in the living room and uh, those two, like, you know, dream squashers always running around. But that is something I wanted to check out. Your uh, your review, your thoughts? You will hate it. Oh, because it's tense? It is uh, nonstop. It's, I mean, it's not like beads of sweat kind of thing but there's always like what's going to happen next what's like is he going to die here or is like something happening or is he going to is you know there's a lot of there's a lot of tension yes that's the whole thrust of the movie is trying to put everybody who's watching it on edge and it succeeds it's it's a very good performance by Adam Sandler and everyone else involved and it's uh, it it it's it's funny seeing Kevin Garnett act. <laughs> he do okay. Yeah, he did a good he did a good job. I like you know like I said everybody does does very well in this. Um, the woman who plays a pivotal role in Adam Sandler's storyline, who he's like a, he she works for Adam Sandler at the jeweler at the you know the jewelry store that he runs. She's like a newcomer and very good. Um, I forget her name, obviously, because I'm stupid. But um, you know, it, it's just—it's really tense. And I, as I was watching, I was like, I don't think Jacques's gonna like this. This is exactly like anti-Jacques movie. You know, like you might—I don't know—maybe you you'll be able to grin and bear it because it's kind of a one-time viewing thing. I, I fast forward through things. Like I'll hit the ten-second button sometimes and be like, okay, let's see if he gets out of this. Okay, let's see if he gets out of this. Type <laughs> that's how. That's. Well, oh, I imagine if you had that thing, if you had that capability during Empire Strikes Back in, in 1980. I don't know. Uh, let's see if Han Solo gets out of this. Uh, wait a minute. He's not getting out of this. What's happening here? <laughs> this sucks. Okay, dude, we had to wait three years to see what happened to Han. Yeah. I was 12. That, like, literally was the longest three years of my life, and I've driven cross country with you. <laughs> <laughs> to hear more about Jacques' grueling uh, viewings of Empire Strikes Back, listen to our sideshow from a couple of weeks ago. What about, um, what about you? What have you been uh, viewing? Well, uh, I started, at, you know, in large part to recommendations from people like you and our friend Steve, uh, Shit Creek. And it is. It's one of those things where I got onto it late, I heard a podcast with Eugene Levy and, and Catherine O'Hare. They want Conan talking about it, and I really want to, you know, give it a try. You like it. We both love Chris Elliott, and it's Chris Elliott playing vintage Chris Elliott. Like his role is just go out there and be you, you know, type thing. And it's good. I mean, I don't, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, I think there's like six seasons, so I don't know how much I can, but I've been watching it kind of in the background for like the last week when I make, you know, the boys dinner and they're downstairs and I squeeze in a couple episodes. So, no, I do. I, I like, I like that. I've been watching, you know, a little bit of that star girl on, well, on, um, on the, on the DCU app. Cause you know, That's I have that. 
it, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's going to the CW, and I don't know if it like and goes to it like a week later. But it's meant to be released on this, and I think a week later it goes to the CW. And it is the most kid-accessible of those shows. Like, The Flash isn't, you know, uh, TVM or anything like that, and neither is Legends of Tomorrow. But this, the prime character, I think she's a sophomore or a junior in high school, and she's putting together the superhero team. Um and they're all high school kids. So it's, you know, it's, but and it's not like high school kids like Riverdale was that came out a couple of years ago that, yeah, that's not really a kid's show. Um, so that, you know, but I can't really say, yeah, you got to watch that. And I'm caught up with the, I don't know what they're calling it, but the making of the Mandalore, Mandalorian show on Disney Plus, which is just um, porn for filmmaking wannabes like me who love the behind the scenes stuff. And each episode is, Here's how we casted. Here's how we did the visual effects. Here's a roundtable discussion with the directors. Here's a whole 30-minute episode about, you know, with the composer and what his thought process was and why he, you know, used different, you know, junior high recorders to come up with Mm. the quintessential Mandalorian theme song sounds and stuff like that. So it was. It was um I, I like it, you know, so I've watched a little more TV because I can only take so much awful. And one more thing I do want to mention that I started last night, and maybe you'll be proud of me or happier. Eh, indifferent. I started watching The Watchmen. Oh, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> I'm at episode and a half in. I started getting seepy, so I turned it off in the middle of episode two. Episode one, great start. It's uh, a very interesting, very well. Obviously, so from all I've heard from you and you, and and you, that it's a, an amazing show. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a, a pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. Yeah, I, I'm giddy. Like, 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 you know, it, it. That's one of those shows where, God damn it, I wish I haven't watched it and I get to watch it for the first time again. You know, I, 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 I I've rewatched it since, and I, I, I love it upon its second viewing. The second viewing, I've picked up like more Easter eggs and more other things here and there. But yeah, dude, I'm, I'm giddy happy for you. So finally, in maybe you know, a few weeks, we can do a Watchmen sideshow. Maybe. Um, Maybe we can. Do, do you got a parenting tip? Mm, I would say that if you were going to, if you're going to do anything as a parent, uh, ignore everything your parents did to you. Like basically, don't be the parent that you had. At least not the bad parts. Um I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You're already one step ahead of the game. Um, so that's my parenting tip is just ignore everything your parents did or, you know, play opposite day when it comes to their advice to you and try to turn off the their, as they say in psychology or psychiatry, turn off the parent tapes in your head. You know, all that oh, stuff. I like that. I've you not know, heard that before. Yeah, you know, like that. The, the replay. I've heard myself say things and react to th- similar things that I did with my parents to my kids, and I'm like, uh-oh, I'm catching myself, you know, kind of mimicking and parroting, parroting their behavior, and, you know, maybe maybe uh, check in on that. Let me ask you this question. If you said to your sons the same thing that your father said to you, would your sons understand it? <laughs> no, because okay. <laughs> that is, my father spoke Spanish. Uh, Portuguese. Yeah, 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 well, I, was saying, I almost corrected you. I'm like, Oh, he was bilingual. That's great. Um, no, I, you know, it's funny. I had a different parenting tip, um, but I forgot I forgot to mention this. Uh, my little guy's school had a peace walk yesterday, and we went down to it, and it was very nice. It was everyone had masks. Everyone, you know, was respecting each other's space, but we walked from his school about a mile and a half away to um, to City Hall, which – it was Friday at 5.30, so everything was closed, and I'm not really sure why it was scheduled that way. On the way, there was a couple people who um, are, 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 are permanently sheltered, challenged, and uh, 
very substance abuse heavy who look like maybe you or I did if we were um, home challenged and substance abuse challenged who for part of the parade followed along screaming very inappropriate things at, at children and uh, so you had crazy they, homeless people yelling at you they took well they took they took um, they were very upset because they are a part of the all lives matter people and were very upset to see uh, some young black kids and some young white kids and some young Hispanic kids and some teachers and administrators carrying Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Signs. So if they're if they're like that, they're not um, home challenge or substance abuse challenge. They're they're um, oh, what are they called? Uh, assholes. Right. They're, Who happen to be? They're they're, they're bums. Those you are know. the old fashioned bums. Remember and bums? Then, was, <laughs> then, then there, as we're crossing back and we take a different path back. You know, an uh, older, heavy set, you know, you know, white guy, probably in his seventies, maybe thirty. You know, just you know, maybe it was it was all the miles, not so much the years, uh, the condition of the road. Um, who who wanted to know about the uh, the aborted babies and why we're not out protesting for the ten thousand things, which brought up you know my parenting tip is like put your kids out there. Let them see the other side of it, you know, um, let them see the other side of it from a safe distance and make sure they're on the outside of where these people might be standing. Uh, but but don't shield them from from what's out there and then have honest talks about it afterwards. And, and you know, and they weren't I don't have. Look, I can't watch Uncut Gems. How do you think I do in real life a situation <laughs> like this? But my parenting tip is, you know, hey, he wanted to go. We gave him the option. It's like, hey, your school is doing this. I know we've gone to a couple in Boston. Do you want to be a part of this? And technically, it was on Friday of like the last day of what, you know, the school was. So the school year is over and stuff. And he hadn't been down there in a while, but he wanted to do it. We did it. Um and and again, it's like, yeah, I didn't cover his ears. I didn't shout over the guys. It's like, look, just walk past him. Let them say that. Luckily, it was one of those situations, you know, and you know me, I'm always waiting for things to go sideways. And yes, I admit, I do have that just little twinge of like, oh, yeah, mm. I'd be completely justified to beat these four people senseless right now. And uh, get a good workout. You know, I'm on a program. Get my heart rate up. You know, <laughs> I'm getting in my steps and stuff like that. You know, it's get the blood know, flowing and maybe spilling. But you know, you know um, but yeah, but but uh, but yeah, and, and then of course, you know, the other 99 percent of my brain's like, oh yeah, yeah, go over and you know, get into a fight with the hepatitis C squad and see him. Oh yeah, you kicked the fuck out of him and now you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So um but yeah, so that, so that, that 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 would be this week's uh this week's parenting tip. Actually I'm gonna steal a parenting tip that I gleaned from my wife. So my younger son graduated middle school this week and part of that graduation ceremony was they were setting up a a drive-by, again, here we go with the word drive-by again, but a, a drive-by of the school, and the teachers and administrators were going to line the little side streets around the school that uh, to, to just, like, applaud the, the kids as they drove by. And you could decorate your car if you wanted to or whatever. And it was essentially going to be a graduation ceremony and they had it very planned out and long story short my son didn't want to do it he's like yeah yeah i gotta wake up and do it and amen so i was like are you sure you don't want to do this and he's like yeah the night before he has a change of heart turns out my wife his mom talked him into it by basically saying look this is the last time you're going to see probably any of one of these teachers or people that you've gone, you know, have met at school that, you know, this is your graduation ceremony. You really, this is not just like a, you know, it's not, it's not as frivolous as you might think it is. And, um, you know, he, he, he was like, Oh, okay. I understand now. And he, and we did it and it was fine. You know, it was, it was kind of, 
brief, but he was, you know, happy he did it. You know, he's not, you know, my son, he's not um, into group things or social interactions. and He doesn't make a big spectacle. He's not, I don't know, he's, he's to himself. But, he, you know, I think he enjoyed being there for that three-minute ride or whatever it was than not, you know, to just have that memory. So maybe because I didn't, exp- I didn't want to force it on him, but at the same time I didn't maybe spell out, hey, this is what you're kind of saying no to. It's a five-minute drive that may actually you might have a memory of later on, and it's a little bit more important than you might think. So maybe the parenting tip is talk to your kids, you fucking idiot. Over. Oh, I wish it was. Oh, wait. wait, You know what? We are. It's over. The podcast is over. So Jacques is going to move the microphone out of the way so I can say, don't forget.